0: All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice.
1: Well, hey there, Galpaw Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Galpaw Podcast, where I help you understand why I scream at the TV during a game and every other sports fan. Happy New Year, guys. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalpaw and, of course, on SportsGalpaw.com and gals and pals. Today is a very special episode. We don't have one designated guest but two. I tried to get four and I'm going to explain. So today is college football playoff time. That's right. Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, bowls everywhere. It's fantastic. Um, and it's Clemson and Oklahoma and it's Alabama and Michigan State. So here's the deal. I tried to get experts, kind of like I did for the NFL teams, um, for each of these squads. And because it's the holidays and there was like crazy weather throughout the country this week, I was only able to get two interviews. But then I thought, you know what? I'm the sports gal pal. I should be able to at least give you guys some stats and figures on two of the teams I couldn't do. So I was able to get um, a Clemson expert, Atlanton Swan, from um, Clemson Sports Talk. He was amazing. And Jason Jarvie um, from Detroit Sports 105.1. Thank you, Dennis Farrell past guests on the show for connecting me with him. He's a huge Michigan State fan, and he came on the show. He was delightful. Um, So I will be handling um, Oklahoma, and I will be handling Alabama myself. But first, I want to get some general housekeeping out of the way. Um, You may have noticed that my two two episodes a week have kind of gone away, and you're like, are you taking a Christmas break, Ramona? What are you doing? Well, after much careful deliberation and the fact that my schedule is getting crazy and the fact that the NFL schedule is winding down, I am actually going to be dropping um, my two-week show format. So I'm going to go back to once a week. It's going to be me and a guest talking about their sports fandom, and I hopefully will be getting some awesome guests. Um, if you want to hear my real insights on like the, the, the right, now, the hot, like you know what's going on in sports, go to Periscope. I do a daily Periscope chat. It is a ton of fun. I have met some great, great people. Um, That's how I got connected with the Only Funny to Us guys. Um, I've got some regulars on there, and it's been fantastic. So I go on there and I rant about various things, like um, Virginia beating Oakland last night. I'll be on Periscope later talking about that. That was a great game, by the way. Um, You know, I'm so glad College Hoops is back, and Virginia's about to start its ACC schedule against Notre Dame. Go Hoos, beat Irish. So um, that way, the podcast is really not more evergreen. It's really hard to do. Evergreen content um, when it comes to sports podcasts, but it's a little bit more of a shelf life because I know you guys have a ton of podcasts you can be listening to. I get that. And there's a ton of sports podcasts. And, you know, for whatever reason, you choose to listen to mine. And this has been the best six months best and best and worst six months of my life. I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you guys that professionally I cannot be any better. Um, the doors that have opened because of the sports Galpa podcast have been huge. I've met so many people. Um, I've been able to take on a new career opportunity. Um, which again, if you want to know about that, email me Ramona at SportsGalpa and, um, some other cool things are happening, but because of that, I got to be really honest, gals and pals. My marriage hit like a really big rocky part, like huge. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with it. Originally, when I started this program, it was supposed to be to explain to women why sports are awesome so that you can connect with your husbands or your boyfriends and your relationships. And it's taken on something different because I found that most of my listeners are men, um, which I find interesting because, again, there's a ton of great sports podcasts out there. So why they listen to me? And I'm still kind of figuring that out. So, um, because of that and because I do need to spend a little bit more time with my actual husband and not just you, Galpal Nation, I'm going back to the once a week format. So if you want to see me daily, head over to Periscope. It's at SportsGalPal. I'm making it super man friendly. It's all at Sports Gal. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff at SportsGalPow. Just type in SportsGalPal, you will find me. I'm the only one. Just like Ticker. I cannot believe I just did that. I'm recording this like super early morning. I'm super tired. Anyway, let's talk some football, college football, in fact. And, you know, the Clemson-Oklahoma matchup, experts across the country are going, it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Not so fast. Um, you got to remember that exactly a year ago, Clemson kicked Oklahoma's butt in the Russell Athletic Bowl. The final score was 40 to 6, and it could have been worse. Um, Clemson... It was another shot in arm for a program that has plenty. Clemson went twenty-two and four in two thousand twelve and two thousand three and complete with bowl wins over brand name teams, LSU, Ohio State, and lofty rankings, eleventh in two thousand twelve, eight in two thousand thirteen, and replacing large chunks of their offense heading into two thousand fourteen and you know and they dealt with injury issues. And then they had this kid named Deshaun Watson. I don't know if you heard about him, but he's amazing. Um so They've had four 10-win seasons, and they're bringing back a very healthy Watson um, to this game. So, And now Clemson is 13-0, and and they are number one in the country, and rightfully so. Um, you know, th- So don't just assume because it's Oklahoma and Clemson hasn't really faced any opposition this year. Clemson still beat Notre Dame. Clemson still beat Florida State. Clemson still beat some good quality teams. So don't just discount them because they're in what is a very kind of weak ACC field. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I know this. I'm an ACC girl. I get it. We're a basketball conference. Um, so, you know, we, um, they've got a ton of, of talent and it's ridiculous. For Oklahoma, the loss might have been really, really a wake-up call for them last year because, um, you know, I love this article from SB Nation. SB Nation, by the way, all their podcasts are on Blog Talk Radio. So just thought I'd throw that out there, that plug. Um, but, you know, it was – they were kind of stagnant for a while. In 2014, um, they were 8-5, and five, and it was only the third time in 15 seasons that um, Bob Stoops, the coach, finished without double-digit wins. So he, um, you know, he made some changes. You know, they could have done more with their talent. Um so what they did was they got some new coordinators, Lincoln Riley, um, and a batch, new batch of assistant coaches. They just needed some change, and, and that's what's happened. So and the last two losses, um, they had one to Texas, and then um, that forced them to create some shifts on their offensive line and in their secondary. So in the last two months, Oklahoma has been amazing. The last seven games, I believe, and I think we talk about this on my Clemson preview, which I'm going to put in here in a minute. Um, it, The amount of turnovers they've had, I think, is like seven. So they are a well-disciplined, well-played team. And um, Baker Mayfield is a running quarterback. He's going to run, and he's going to have a lot of fun. So, um, you know, he rushed for, what was it, 582 non-sack yards and seven touchdowns. And this was in and out of the pocket. He's completed 69% of his passes for Three thousand three hundred eighty nine yards, thirty five touchdowns, and only five picks. This kid is awesome, and um, he single handedly brought the Sooners back against Texas in that Texas game. And in seven games after his stat line went vicious, seventy one percent completion rate, twenty one touchdowns, two interceptions, one hundred and eighty three point nine passer rating. He um, completed seventeen of his twenty five passes in the Big in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, and when he played TCU, and he won against o- Oklahoma State. He almost, he should have been nominated for a Heisman. He really should have. Um, but he took, he just he, there was a really good field this year. So, um, Clemson has amazing defense. They're very disruptive. Um, the Tigers rank first in the country in um, stuff rate. They run stops or behind the line. And they produce a sack rate of over 11.5% on standard downs first and 9.3% on passing downs, 28th. Um, Oklahoma's offense in those categories rank 49th, 112th, and 87th. So, there's going to be an evenly matchup here. I don't think it's going to be the landslide that a lot of people are predicting. Everybody's going, oh, it's going to be Oklahoma. I don't know. Just just don't um, discount Oklahoma and the things that they can do. Um, Clemson's efficient offense, but Oklahoma's an efficient defense. So now we flip this, the ball backwards. You know, most of Oklahoma's problems last year came on the offensive side. Um, you know, when they were playing Clemson this year, um, you know, they they fixed it. Especially goes OU ranks, um, defense ranks eight in success rate or preventing efficiency. And with Watson's presence, um, you know, he, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see the two of them battle. Um, Deshaun Watson is just a freak nature athlete. He's amazing. And they get him for another year, guys. So he's just going to get better and better. I have a feeling if he continues to play at the high level, we're going to be talking to some NFL squads that are going to be like, um, where can I get me some Watson? I mean, he's probably the most exciting quarterback I've seen since Jameis Winston. Um, so, um, you know, And then again, big plays. Oklahoma loves big plays. And as effective as Clemson's defense has been, um, defenses like Clemson's and Michigan State's have come to the conclusion that risking the occasional big play is fine. I mean, we know Michigan State, they love a big play, especially in that fourth down. But... Um, but, you know, that stopping the big play ratings can be awful if your success rates are awesome. So, you know, um, big plays that Tigers allowed are enormous. They've allowed only 142 gains of 10-plus yards, 20th the country, and, but 18 have gone for at least 40 yards. So that's going to be the key is if Oklahoma can c- kind of press through and get those kind of giant, giant plays. Number one, they're really defeating for the crowd. Um, you know, when you have your opposing team throw for like, you know, 40 yards or something like that, you're just like, What? What which has happened, and so it kind of deflates everybody. Deflates that defense too. That's hard to protect against that. Um, so Oklahoma produced 1940 yarders in 12 games. The sooner big play ratings are as good as almost anybody's. Um, they've combined um, to average 10 catch per, 10 catches per game, 15.5 yards per catch um, for their wideouts and running backs. So that's going to be exhausting after a while, and that's going to wear down that defense um, again. And then finally, Cle- number Clemson on first down. Um, Looking at the game I love this um, article by the way It will be in my show notes Um, I'm I'm cheating I did not do my own analysis I never do my own analysis by the way guys I just kind of roll with it I'm kidding I do my own analysis Maybe I don't know Anyway um, Looking at this When Oklahoma has the ball Big plays Negative plays Clemson's offensive possessions Will be less dramatic Um, So what happens is The Tigers will put points on the board But Clemson is falling to second And nine Or third and seven OU's defense is going to be should be enough to get good stops. So, you know, it comes down to again, can Clemson move the chains? And this is just basic football guys. Can we move the chains? Can we get going? You know, that that's the way it goes. So, without further ado, I'm going to include my first Of two amazing interviews, again, Lawton Swan is from um, Clemson Sports Talk. He was a delight to talk to. I can't wait to have him back on for a full episode so I can find out what in the world and why hold that tiger. And um, he was a true Southern gentleman, so I appreciate him coming on to the podcast. All right, gals and pals. It's happy, happy time for college football fans because college football playoff is this week. And with me today from Clemson Sports talk.com um, is Lawton Swan. He is a Clemson fanatic. You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and also on the iHeartRadio app. They've got a great website and he has been gracious enough to come on and talk about why Hold That Tiger should be ringing all throughout the new year. Welcome to the show, Lawton.
0: Hey, glad to be on with you.
1: All right, let's talk about this. Clemson, number one, undefeated, 13 straight games, and yet there are so many doubters. Why?
0: You know, I think it's an interesting dynamic that's playing out right now in college football that Clemson sort of ascended and maybe surprised some people with where they are right now. And some of the blue bloods, you might say, some of the traditional powers, you've got Alabama and Oklahoma still involved, obviously, in the college football playoff, along with Michigan State. And Clemson just feels like, I think, to a lot of observers from maybe outside of the region, outside of the area of those that have covered this team, as maybe the, 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 the program that doesn't quite fit and that's why i think they're kind of getting a little backlash from the national pundits right now.
1: Yeah, and it does seem like that. Do you think it's because they play in the ACC and we you know, i'm an ACC girl. Obviously, you're right. an ACC guy. We know what we're dealing with. It's not necessarily known as a football conference.
0: Yeah, i think that's probably a part of it, but when you look at the resume of all four teams remaining in the college football playoff, Clemson with three wins over three teams inside the top 10, nobody else can boast that and Dabo Sweeney, you look at the winning streak going back to last season. There's 16 straight games now for the Tigers. And and last year in the bowl game against this Oklahoma team, and it's a different Clemson team, it's a different Oklahoma team, but the Tigers on that day, 40-6, were that much better than the Sooners. I I don't know. I I think the ACC's done well with Florida State being in the college football playoff last year, winning the national title the year before that. It would sure be a big statement, I think, for this league, though, if Clemson could pull off uh, the national championship this year, though.
1: Well, maybe the ACC Atlantic has been doing well. We won't talk about the
0: coastal so much. It's a good point. It's a good point.
1: Just saying. Um, but looking at Oklahoma, they had their one loss in October to Texas. After that, seven-game winning streak. And here's the thing that's interesting: they've had 19 takeaways and only seven turnovers in that time, which is crazy if you think about it. You know, are you concerned about that at all?
0: I think my biggest concern maybe about Oklahoma this year is just the addition of Lincoln Riley there, an offensive coordinator, making his way over from ECU. And uh, he's a guy who really likes to spread the football around. they got a couple of dynamic running backs. And, yeah, I mean, I I think the turnover game is something that's very important. And nine times out of ten, the team that wins the turnover battle will win the ball game. I think the problem for Clemson that we saw late in the season and maybe a byproduct of some of the close games uh, in the latter half of the year was in fact, the fact, that Clemson played ten straight weekends themselves, and I think they were a little bit worn down. I think this break is a much needed break, and hopefully, we'll see this Clemson Tiger team look more like the Clemson team playing in the same venue against Miami earlier this year, where the Tigers were able to force the Hurricanes into several turnovers. And if you get that going and get a little momentum, like we saw last year in the same matchup, uh, clearly, you know, I don't think Clemson was forty to six better than Oklahoma, but when one team turns the ball over five times and the other team doesn't turn the ball over, uh, that spells disaster for whoever turns the football over absolutely
1: and again leading the team Deshaun watson i mean amazing quarterback this year probably the best he is the best quarterback in the country right now 1300 yards in the air 800 yards on the ground um award winner heisman trophy finalist i mean just ridiculous how great is this
0: guy uh he's the best quarterback i've seen at clemson i've been covering the tigers for for at least 10 15 years now and, and watching them my entire life and uh, there's no question he's the best I've seen at Clemson. I, I think you know being invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony was well worth it. And you know 3,512 yards through the air, he's got a chance to be the first player in college football to ever throw for over four thousand yards and rush for over a thousand yards in the season. Man, that, that's a phenomenal statistic. It reminded me of, of back in I guess 2001 when Woodrow Dance, our quarterback at Clemson, was the first player in the history of college football to ever throw for 2000 and rush for 1000 And a lot of Clemson people still think Woody might be the best quarterback they've seen. So Deshaun Watson, obviously the offensive game of 2015, a little bit more dynamic than it was uh, 15 years ago, back in the early 2000s. But yeah, I think he's one of the best in the country, if not the best. And I guarantee you, Clemson Tiger fans are excited that he's at least got to return to Tigertown for one more season.
1: I bet. I bet. Who else on the offense should we be watching out for?
0: You know, I think Wayne Gallman's probably a a name that maybe a lot of people don't know nationally. Not going to be a household name. Uh, He's a young man who was sort of a a, a part of a recruiting. I don't want to I don't know if you want to say packed or what, but. Uh, you know, you look at the Robert Canvici situation down at Ole Miss. Those two were old high school teammates. People thought that they might be coming to Clemson together. Well, for the Tigers, it certainly worked out. Gallman this year over 1,300 yards, about 12 yards, I believe, away from breaking the all-time rushing record at Clemson, held by Raymond Priester. So he's had a very good season. And, again, I, I want to say this, too, and I, I think it's it's fair. We're going to have Raymond Priester on the show coming up this week. And, you know, one of the things with the expanded schedule and more games a lot of these older guys records are beginning to fall because players have more opportunities so i want to at least point that out before i i I break raymond's uh, record prematurely
1: absolutely absolutely on the other side of the ball defense you guys are facing baker mayfield you know he's had 35 touchdowns this year over thirty three hundred yards and just five interceptions on the year how are you going to apply pressure to him
0: you know he he he's a golly, he's a threat isn't he i i watched some film on him the other day and just was amazed at what he's able to do with his legs. Reminded me a good bit of, of Johnny Manziel. Not that he's going to be the threat to really run the ball down the field, but he definitely keeps plays alive. And if you're in the back end of that secondary, it's always difficult. I think what Clemson is going to try to do is, is have Shaq Lawson and Kevin Dodd really contain Baker Mayfield to the pocket. Fortunately for Clemson, They've done a good job, even with the losses to the NFL this past season, of rebuilding that defensive front. they got a couple of young guys in there, uh, Scott Pagano and and Christian Wilkins, who is a true freshman and is quite a football player, number 42. Keep your eyes on him. But I think they'll try to contain Baker Mayfield into the pocket and let the secondary at Clemson, who I think is probably one of the top, uh, maybe top two, three secondaries in the country, Uh, let them come out and play their game in coverage and and maybe contain Baker Mayfield, make him push the ball down the field and put the ball in peril. All
1: right. Let's say hypothetically, y'all get past Oklahoma, out of Michigan State or Alabama, who do you want to face? Who would you rather face in the final?
0: It's crazy because I I think initially you would say you want to face Michigan State. And I think that's everybody's natural reaction. That's what I would say. But – I also kind of get the feeling that this Clemson team would like to take on Alabama. I think if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I think when you look across college football the past 10 years or so, Alabama is clearly the cream of the crop. And if you can get a shot at them in the national championship game and knock them off, it just adds that extra notch in your belt to say, hey, we're a legitimate program and we're a contender for the national championship next season.
1: Plus, it's always fun to beat SEC at football. Let's just Well, yeah, that,
0: there's, there's that side of it as well.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not above it. I'm, I'm totally not above it. You know, yeah, I like beating them in everything because it's just fun. ACC, ACC. All right, finally, the man, Dabo Sweeney. It's fun to say his name. I think he's awesome on the sidelines. I, I think he's arguably the best coach in the ACC right now. Um, I'm really hoping that my future coach, Bronco Mendenhall, will overpass him. I'm really hoping. Um, sure. But right now, <laughs> he is the best one. You know, how important has he been to the growth of this team?
0: I think there's a unique dynamic with Dabo Sweeney that a lot of coaches don't have in the country and it, it goes back to his story being a, a walk-on at Alabama being a kid who uh, was raised by a father who was an alcoholic and, and all of the things and struggles that he went through as a young man. I, I think sometimes in our country we get so uh, divided racially when unfortunately our country is really uh, I, I think more divided by, by socioeconomic classes and, and Dabo Sweeney didn't grow up rich. Dabo Sweeney didn't grow up privileged. Dabo Sweeney is a, a lot like the individuals on this Clemson team. A, a, a number of these guys just uh, blue collar, hard working, want to go out there and do their best. I think they respect Dabo Sweeney because of that. He's a guy who who when he took over the program in 2008 wanted to be visible, wanted to be out there, and and I, I think in some ways maybe underestimated himself. And I don't know if he'd ever admit that, but I think what he quickly quickly realized is that as he's grown as a coach, so has his program, so has his respect from his players for him. And because of that, I mean, these guys want to give their all. They know what people say about Dabo. They know people think he's a cheerleader and that he doesn't really understand the game. But I've talked to these players, I've talked to former players, and they say, look, Dabo Sweeney understands the game. But what he's great at is putting together the pieces to make it work. He's done that. You saw the hire of Chad Moore's payoff. He went out and got Brent Venables, who's happy to be in Clemson and or earlier today stated that, you know what, he's not interested in being a head coach anywhere. He's happy exactly where he is. And then for Davo Sweeney, when Chad Morse leaves to go to, to SMU, to have the forethought to say, you know what, I'm going to turn it over to two guys who are former players, former stretching partners, actually, Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott. You turn the offense over to them. They're co-offensive coordinators. They've yet to lose a game. I mean, it's been a phenomenal run for the Clemson Tigers, but it all starts with Davo Sweeney
1: absolutely so again um if Galpa nation wants to check out more about clemson learn more about your show where should they
0: go uh you can follow us on twitter at clemson sports we try to make that easy uh if you're a clemson tiger fan we have a free clemson sports talk app for iphone and android and then you can listen to the show online using the iHeartRadio radio app by searching for fox sports radio 1400 and hey much like your show we podcast every edition
1: yeah because podcasting's where it's at it's on demand so there absolutely you go. that's good well, Let-
0: Listen at your leisure.
1: <laughs> exactly. Listen at your leisure. Well, not too long because, again, with sports, I don't know, but you have to turn them over so quickly. It's always well, cute yeah. when I'm with podcasters like, oh, I get to batch my content. I'm like, oh, that's precious. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm with
1: you. I'm with you. All right, gals and pals. Again, it's Lawton Swan Swan from Clemson Sports Talk. You can hear him on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. He's on Fox Sports Radio 1400, iHeartRadio app. He told you all these things already. And of course, all the links to him will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal or sportsgalpal.com. And again, um, I'm biased, but I want the ACC team to win. And I have no ill will towards Clemson fans because if this were Virginia Tech, I would want them all to perish because I'm mean and awful that way. So, But hold that tiger. Good luck this week.
0: Thanks a lot. We're looking forward to it.
1: Thanks again to Lawton for coming on to the podcast. Now it's time to Roll Tide or Go Sparty. I don't like saying Go Sparty, by the way, Galpa Nation. You know this. You know my feelings on Michigan State because their basketball program um, hurt my beloved basketball program so much that really it spills over to everything. But I do have an amazing guest, Jason Jerby and we're getting to him in a minute. But first up, Alabama. They are, I mean, when you think of college football, you think Alabama, you think Nick Saban, you think of that amazing dynasty he's built. I mean, and here's the thing, he's the only coach out of the four that has already done this crazy football playoff thing that we're doing right now. So he's got the experience, he's got the know-how, and he's got the guy, Derrick Henry, Heisman winner. He's had the most miraculous season, Um, racking up close to 2,000 rushing yards, he will hit. Go over two thousand with um his appearance today on the um the game twenty three touchdowns he's got a Heisman Trophy, but his workload is I mean ridiculous three carry three hundred and thirty nine times in thirteen games, um and then he's got one or two left that's a huge like role so you know his final games before the playoff he carried forty six times against Auburn and another forty four against Florida, and then. Here's the thing. Are they utilizing him too much? Because with a month to plan, you don't think that Michigan State is like, okay, obviously Derrick Henry's the dude, so we're going to cover him more. That would be my first goal. I mean, and do they have any other personnel on Alabama to actually get the ball downfield other than Derrick Henry? You know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, if you, um, you know, worry about his workload, this is crazy. Henry right now is averaging 26.1 rushes per game. That's the 25th highest percent game workload of any FBS player over the past 12 seasons. The carries have clustered into the back half of the season as well. Over the first six games of the season, Henry averaged 20 games per game, and in the last seven, he averaged 31.3. So he's, again, carried the ball 339 times a season, the seventh most in FBS play over the past 12 seasons and he's got more football left to play. So this is just... Ugh, really, really bad. You know, again, I I just look at like you know NFL backs. If we look at like a, a, a um comparison, think about Alfred Morris and Blunt, um, Cadillac Williams. You know, you know sometimes it's injury, but when they are worth so much, I mean it it wears you down. Um, you know there are other guys like again you could look at Demarco Murray and Ahmad Bradshaw, maybe not Demarco Murray this year. You know who normally had who they both had more than five hundred college rushing attempts, um, but these backs got technically better as the pro career is going on. I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to do that. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to him and what happens. So if if Michigan State allows this guy to go for 40 or more carries for a third straight game, they deserve to lose. You know what Alabama is going to do. They're going to give the ball to Henry and they're going to give the ball to Henry, and they're going to give the ball to Henry. So let, let's let's think about this. I hope their game plan is to stop them from giving the ball to Henry. I think that's going to rattle that um, offense, and they're not going to know what to do with themselves. Now, the other thing is, is that Michigan State, the way they have won, is it lucky, or are they just really good? Let's think about this. The play of the year, we know this. Michigan State was down 23-21 with 10 seconds left of the clock. Michigan punting on what should have been the final play of the game. Um, but instead, Michigan State, special team, Teams and people are like, oh, special teams aren't that great. Guess what? Ask the Philadelphia Eagles because special teams is what helped them beat the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Michigan State blocked a Michigan punt and returned it for a touchdown just as time expired. It was literally like the most exciting moment in college football this year. It was crazy. And Alabama knows all about special team plays. Ask them what happened with Auburn a couple years ago. Seriously, they just, you know, it looked like their little hearts just sunk you know, it's always fun. Special teams are fun. That's part of my favorites in there. So, you know, the Spartans are no joke, guys. They're 12-1 and one heading into this playoff. Um, they got there um, by the skin of their teeth. But here's the difference is that the SEC this year – I'm going to say this and piss off all their fans. It was not a good conference this year. It was top-heavy, and it was a mess. You had drama in Georgia. You had drama at LSU. We don't know what the hell is going on in Texas A&M. Both Ole Miss and Mississippi State started off strong, and then they fell off the bandwagon. You know, Florida is a mess. Um, I'm forgetting all the rest of them because who cares? The only team of inequality was Auburn. They are basically, it was very similar to the ACC. <gasps> I said it. I did. SEC, you are riding the coattails of last decade. You need to fix your stuff. And, and then you're starting to. Again, Georgia got stagnant, so Mark Rick gets out. I think that's a smart move. You know, I don't know what's going on with Texas A&M. You know, I still think of them as a Big 12 school, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'm making everybody mad today. You know, in LSU, you spend so much time with the whole Les Miles thing. I just just, just nonsense, nonsense. Here's the thing, um, SEC. You guys, you play cupcakes and then each other. So I don't, I'm not impressed by you. I'm not impressed by your players. I'm not, you know, Derek Henry was side. You know, he's amazing. But, you know, think about some of the great um, football players out there. And they're not really coming from the SEC this year. They're just not. So it's a conference that I feel like it's a lot of show and no action. So that's just my thoughts. again, look at the past couple of national championship winners. Um, they didn't come from the SEC. Big Ten this year has been the college football um, conference. They have been amazing. I, I would have been happy with um, Michigan, Ohio, um, Iowa coming out, you know the cyclones. They were fantastic, and they were one play away from from being undefeated and playing in this in this tournament. So you know big Ten where it's at this year, I like them a lot so. You know, and then the strength of record is a statistical measurement um, from ESPN. It measures how impressive a team's wins and losses are. And um, Michigan State's are way ahead of any other of the playoff contenders. So Michigan State's um, chances of a good matchup team that has this record is like 14%, um, probably wins like 67. Um, you know, their their strength of schedule was, was amazing. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm just kind of like, ugh. You know, you don't know, but you don't know until they play, and here's the difference. Nick Saban has had a month to prepare for whatever kind of crazy Michigan State brings, whatever kind of magic voodoo they may have. He's got, like, some counterbalance. You never know what they do in in the South, guys. So, you know, I just think that if Michigan State is going to roll, and they're going to roll tide, if they're going to roll tide out of the college playoff, they need to do what Ohio State did last year, and they need to contain their quarterback, they need to stop the run, and Nick Saban won't know what to do with themselves, and then they got to take advantage of defensive mistakes. If they do that, hail Sparty, or whatever the hell they call themselves. I don't know. I didn't look up that much. So, you know, here's the thing. It's really easy to look at Michigan State's resume, and you look at the side of luck, and it appears like success in close or fluky games, but here's the difference. is The squad took advantage of the luck and the fluke that came to them, and they turned it into wins. And you, you can't discount that. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I think it's going to be really entertaining. So you know who else is looking forward to it? Jason Jarvey. Jason Jarvey is the co-host of Dennis Farrell's um, re- weekly radio show, The Sideline, Fantasy of Sideline, Insiders, whatever. Fantasy of Sideline Show. And it's on Detroit Sports 105.1. And he does some other things. He's on a podcast. You know, he was so nice to come on. And he was such, such a good guy that um, I can't wait to have him on to do a full episode. He was Fantastic. And he also is a huge Michigan State fan. All right, gals and pals, in my quest to get you ready for college football playoffs, I cannot believe it. It's already here. I have with us today Michigan State fan Jason Jarvie from Detroit Sports 105.1. He's also on the Detroit Sports Podcast. Jason, hi, how are you?
2: I'm great. How about yourself, Ramona?
1: I am good. You have been very kind. I was very mean to your Spartans off air, and you are still on the air, so thank you. It shows what a pro you are, um, and I should learn lessons. I've, I had trouble finding a Michigan State <laughs> person willing to come on the podcast.
2: Oh, it's okay. I know uh, you were talking about how uh, you might have been dissing Tom Izzo, and that's why uh Michigan State fan wouldn't come on.
1: You know, but, I, uh, Tom all i got to say, man. say
2: is look at Tom Izzo, man.
1: Yeah, with his beady eyes. We were seeded wrong last year. It's Villanova's fault, but we beat them like by 15 points the other day. So we've gotten our revenge there. Maybe we'll see you guys in the final four. But it's all about football. You guys have the rare chance if you get past Bama and you get past either Clemson or Oklahoma, you win a national championship at this, you guys are looking really good in basketball to win a national championship. You could be that rare school that does both. How exciting is that?
2: It's very, very exciting. I mean, as a... I've been a lifelong Spartan fan, and as as far as I can remember, I mean, our football team was a joke back in the '90s. Um, our our main thing was beating Michigan, and that was that that would be the highlight of our our year. But it really turned around once Mark D'Antonio got here, and first it was beat Michigan, and then it was you know win a bowl game. And I you know, I feel like I'm essentially repeating what he said, but it's it's the truth, you know. You have, to, you have to take those steps. And, you know, when we went to the Rose Bowl, you know, I didn't think we could go any higher than that. And finally, we're here. And it's, it's amazing to think that we're in contention for a national championship.
1: It is crazy, but you are facing a very dominant Alabama squad. Now, I personally don't think the SEC was nearly as good as in the past. Um, I kind of question whether or not Alabama even deserved to be in. Yeah, I, I said it just because, again, who did they beat this year? Eh, not really impressive, whereas you guys went through the gauntlet that was the Big Ten this year, pulling out wins against Michigan, Ohio State, and, of course, beating Iowa. Um, It has not been easy for the Spartans to to get the win.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people will will point to that and say that, you know, Michigan State wasn't blowing out teams, and you really can't base it off that. What really matters is at the end of the game is, did you get the win or did you lose? And you can look at the Michigan game where we won on the, the muff punt and we still had to recover the punt and recover it and then take it all the way back for the touchdown. You know, you look at the Ohio state game, uh, we still had to drive. We had to overcome that muff, you know, kick and still kick the field goal to win the game. Against Iowa, we had the, the amazing drive where we cap it off with like uh, the, the two yard touchdown run. So, Michigan State, all they do is win. And that's all I can really say. I mean, obviously we had the letdown against Nebraska, which there was a questionable call involved in it, but I'm not going to complain too much about that. But all all that really matters is at the end of the game, is who has more points on the scoreboard?
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, Michigan State ranks ninth in the, against the run, but you guys haven't really faced a rushing attack like Alabama's. Are y'all prepared for that? I mean, we're not even getting to... Derrick Henry yet let's let's just focus on that rushing attack for a minute can you guys get past that
2: well no doubt Derrick Henry he's he's hands down the best back we faced this year uh, you can look at Ezekiel Elliott and I think Ezekiel Elliott is also a really good running back um, but it was almost kind of baffling at how little Ohio State and Urban Meyer used him in that game you know, I think he only had around 30 or so yards uh, but Derrick Henry, he's a beast. And I, I, I looked at the stats and looking at the Michigan State has a trio of running backs and Derrick Henry alone uh, outperformed all of them. So it, it's definitely, it's going to be a challenge. And that's going to be probably the big thing for Michigan State's defense is uh, trying to slow down Derrick Henry, which I, def, I they can. They have a really strong defensive line. Should we uh, Lawrence Thomas, uh, Joel, Heath, these are all guys who they're gonna get penetration, and that's gonna be it's getting that first hit on Derrick Henry, and making him you know feel every time that he runs the ball that you know it was a, it was a hard fought yard.
1: Do you think that you guys will provide double coverage on Derrick Henry, and then maybe your secondary is gonna have to step up because Bama is gonna be forced to throw?
2: That really will be uh, the hope, and I think that's what they're gonna be shooting for is trying to slow down Derrick Henry and making uh, Jake Coker uh, beat them through the air because Coker isn't really a quarterback who instills fear in defenses. But Michigan State has had... if If we've been lacking anywhere in our defense this year, it's been our secondary. It's something that we've prided ourselves on in years before. But this year, you know, we've had injuries... And we've been able to you know teams have been able to get yards through the air and get big plays. so that's where really where we gonna it's gonna come down to or at least hopefully we can hold Derrick Henry and make him you know make Coker beat us. Uh, and we definitely get a a big pick me up. R.J. Williamson, the senior safety, um, early in the season, he tore his bicep and figured that his season was done. Lo and behold, we're playing for a national championship, so hes it's what he can give us in this upcoming game. It's really going to its gonna be telling to see how this defense performs against Alabama.
1: Alabama in most of their games have dominated both lines of the scrimmage. Do you guys have enough protection for Connor Cook?
2: I think we do. I think that's something that coming into the season, we, we really prided ourselves on our offensive line. You have... Two seniors and jack conklin and jack allen both of those guys are probably going to be playing in the nfl next year uh jack conklin he's most likely he'll be a starting left tackle wherever he goes and i I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the top 15 um but then jack allen's little brother brian allen he's also on the line and we've dealt with injuries on the offensive line as well we i think all of our starting line linemen are healthy but throughout the year we've dealt with the injuries And throughout that, you know, the injuries and getting worn down, the, our depth at offensive line has held up. Now, I don't think we've faced anything like Alabama because they, they definitely get after the quarterback and they, they get a ton of pressure. But, uh, we're definitely up to the task and it's, it's just going to be a good matchup.
1: Best outcome, obviously, for this week is you guys get past Alabama. So out of Clemson or Oklahoma, which would you rather see in the play, in the championship game?
2: I think I'd probably say Clemson. It's, it's tough to say that about the number one team in the country. Um, but I, I really see them as the team that has the most to lose. You know, they went through the, the season undefeated. I think they, they kind of squeaked by North Carolina in the ACC championship game. So that's the team that, I would most want to see in the national championship game because, you know, I think I did. I didn't want to see them in that first game because going up against Alabama, I think we we match up well with what Alabama can throw at us. But Clemson is a team; they're fast paced. They can. They're no. They, their quarterback is much better than Jake Coker, and he'd be more worried about him. But Oklahoma is a team that I, I I don't really want to have any part of, and if we do if we do end up getting past Alabama and it's going up against Oklahoma, I'd be hard pressed, even as a you know with my green and white glasses on, of uh, picking Michigan State over Oklahoma.
1: Well, there you have it, Jason. One more question for you. I have heard people describe it as um, a Jedi duel uh, between Darth Vader and Obi Wan, and that is um, your coach going against Nick Saban, his former, um, you know, coach and mentor. You know, are you hearing anything like that? I've been all over the message boards getting ready for this interview, and I'm just I'm kind of laughing about it, but it's kind of true.
2: Uh, you know, I think it's that's it's, 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 that's what the media throws out there. You got to have some kind of story. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's really going to affect us at all. You know, D'Antonio, if, definitely if we win, D'Antonio will take a lot of uh, pride in being able to beat Nick Saban. But I don't think it's not going to be a case of where he gets psyched out. Uh, and I think it, it's just it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be the players who decide this game. Um, and yeah, it really is going to come down to the quarterback play. Connor, And it's Connor Cook. You know, coming into this game, he had been hurt since the, the, the Maryland game, and he just didn't look right in the Big Ten championship game. So, in the end, it, it's really going to come down to, you know, he's had a month off now. How healthy is he? And are they going to be able to stretch the field and be able to kind of set the tempo?
1: Well, there you go. All right, Jason. If members of Galplanation want to talk more Spartan football, or God forbid, basketball, ugh, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you guys. I don't. I'm mad. I'm mad twice, twice, twice. Just no. You cost Joe Harris and Justin Anderson a championship. So I will forever dislike you. There. You, I'm sorry. It's just that's the way it's got to be. I think you're okay with it. Well, I apologize. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not <laughs> even a little bit. Don't lie to me. Do not tell me what uh, you think I want to hear. It's okay. I can take it. I'm a sports okay. fan. Uh, Jason, where, I'm not sorry. where can Gal Nation reach you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Jarvie the King. And you can also listen to me on Detroit Sports 105.1. I do a bunch of production work. I also am on the Fantasy Sideline Show with Dennis Farrell. And I also do a podcast on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. You can go to DetroitSportsPodcast.com. I am on the Motor City Rant, and you can check out all the other podcasts. We have about four other shows, and it's all about all Detroit sports, and uh, we we talk some national stuff, but uh, we kind of try to dive into all the all the Lions and Tigers and Piston and Red Wing talk.
1: Are any of those four teams any happiness right now? Honestly,
2: <laughs> oh boy, the Lions. It's hard to be happy with the Lions. Um because they're just can not as I, bad I as my really Eagles. No,
1: not as bad as my Eagles. The Lions. No, no, not as bad really? as my Eagles this year. Please. Not I'm still dealing with Chip year. Kelly. I'm still dealing with Chip Kelly and his GM nonsense, Jarvie, Come on. Oh,
2: oh, how many uh playoff games have you won uh, in the past ten years?
1: <sighs> not enough because we still have no Super Bowl. Wait, you don't have one either. You feel my pain.
2: We don't have any playoff wins.
1: Yeah, all right. All right. We have one
2: playoff win in my lifetime.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, if, if there was a team, uh, the Tigers definitely look optimistic. Uh, it's still a long way to go. Baseball, the spring training hasn't even started. And the Pistons, surprisingly, have really kind of turned it around. Last year, they they started out 7-23, and had a comeback, and then they had kind of decimated by injuries. Uh, the coach, Stan Van Gundy, though, he has a plan, and uh, I think the Pistons in a couple of years could be one of those top uh, teams in the Eastern Conference.
1: And that Easter conference is wide open. Sorry, Galpanish that should got off topic, but I can't help it. You know, again, Detroit sports are one of those things where, you know, the fans are super loyal and the storylines are very, very good. So I just can't help myself. Anyway, it is Jason Jarvie from Detroit Sports 105.1. You can uh, get all the links to him, his shows, and his Twitter on my website at sportsgalpot.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpat. And Jason, thank you so much. And I do wish for your sake, because you are a nice guy and because you have to do a feral on a regular basis. Um, I just want to wish you luck on um, this Thursday.
2: Oh, well, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks again to Jason Jarvey from Detroit One US. La 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 la. You know what? I should edit that out, and I'm not going to because at this point, why? You all know I'm crazy. Again, thanks to Jason Jarvey from Detroit's Detroit Sports 105.1 for coming onto the podcast. And again, good luck to his Spartans today. So that's it, gals and pals, for my college football preview. So except for predictions, so. I am going to go full heart on this one. I do believe that um, Clemson will beat Oklahoma. I need for my own sanity in this crazy, crazy football season um, to have Clemson win this whole thing. So that I know that my team, my beloved UVA, with the amazing Bronco Mendenhall coming to rescue us from this just sea of just ugh, um, to... Just by the occasion, I need Virginia to be one of the worst schools, one of the worst football teams, and the best conference in the country with the number one team. So so for my heart, I need that. Um, For Alabama and Michigan State, I'm sorry. I, Michigan State, I got to go with Bama on this one. Experience matters. And I think Nick Saban, he's not going to lose two, two times in a row. And I'd love to see Dabo and Nick Saban go at it. Come on, that'd be awesome. So in two Southern schools, they're really kind of close to each other. So that makes for good storylines. But either way, these four teams deserve it. Congratulations to them. And I'm just excited that college football is almost over. So then everybody, hi! There's this great sport called college basketball. And um, league play has started, so you'll be hearing a lot more of that from me. Again, daily Periscope. So go to Periscope app. If you're on Twitter, you can find it pretty easily. Download it on your phone, or you can go on my website um, or on my Facebook page. All of my replays of my videos are on there, so you can see all my weird faces. I just, you know, if you ever wanted to see what I look like. It's not really that exciting, but you know, there I am. Um, but I interact with the audience. They give me hearts. It, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's like a love fest over there. Until someone um, sexually harasses me, that does happen literally on a regular basis, and they're usually foreign. They usually say things like "open bobs" and things. It's really odd. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, real quick, because you guys are probably going, um, she didn't mention Ship Kelly. I did not. If you would like to hear my thoughts on Chip Kelly, head over to you guys know who I'm talking about. Next fan up there, BlotTalkRadio.com forward slash Next Fan Up, where I am technically the 34th super fan. Um, you will hear me go off on about Chip Kelly probably about about 29 minutes into the show. If you just want to fast forward and hear your gal pal, it's myself, Sicko, Pod Vader, and the three of us. It's a great episode. Plus, plus, gal pal nation, you get to hear Pod Vader finally admit my fantasy football.